All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Timeless Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, today, we are going to continue our series of uh, books of East Asian wisdom. <clears throat> uh, last week, we had Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi. And this week, we are going to do The Art of War by Sun Tzu. So we are going to be moving from uh, Japan to China. The uh, oh, Before we do that, I want to clarify something I said uh, last week, which was, uh, I think at the end of the episode, I said, if you know the way broadly, or if you know the way, you will see it in all things. And I attributed that quote to Musashi, which is um, actually incorrect. I, when I was looking uh, around um, after recording, I found that that quote is actually from the novel Musashi, which uh, was not written by Miyamoto Musashi. So um, I just want to clean that up in case anyone was uh, was upset with me for getting that wrong. So, uh, but yeah, let's get to it. So the, here we are, The Art of War, which is kind of a I'd say not kind of, it's a, uh, a strategy classic. One of the uh, most famous books on strategy uh, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the history of the world. So let's just get right to it. So mo pretty much all the quotes that I'm going to read are uh, going to be from Sun Tzu himself. Uh, the translation that I have, which is by Thomas Cleary, is uh, it also has um, commentary from think people who were military leaders under Sun Tzu. Um, but uh, I'm not, I'm only going to read one of their little um, quotes or assessments here. Um, and that's going to be the first thing. And then everything else is going to be coming from uh, Sun Tzu himself. So, uh, but the first one, this is from Wang Ji. Uh, he says, when the leadership is able, then there will be good discipline. So we're going to start off with that quote. Um, that's something that I like. When the, when the leadership is able, there will be good discipline. 
In other words, when you're a good leader, you take care of your people, you're, you do the right things, your people will be disciplined and follow you. All right, so uh, now this is from, uh, from Sun Tzu. Leadership is a matter of intelligence, trustworthiness, humaneness, courage, and sternness. So those are his uh, kind of the five virtues, if you will, of a, uh, of a leader or a general in this case, but any kind of leader. Intelligence, trustworthiness, humaneness, courage, and sternness. So you must be, be smart, be competent in what you're doing. Uh, you must be trustworthy, have the trust of your, your troops or your associates or whoever is underneath you. Humaneness, you know, having some compassion or, you know, understanding people, um, taking care of your people so that they in turn can then take care of you. Courage and then sternness, holding people accountable, holding the line, if you will. All right. Uh, next quote. Assess the advantages in taking advice, then structure your force, forces accordingly to supplement extraordinary tactics. Forces are to be structured strategically based on what is advantageous. So assess the advantages, assess the advice you get, what advantages it, that might provide for you and then structure your force or your strategy accordingly. Um, you know, your, your forces are to be structured strategically based on what is advantageous. So obviously that can certainly apply. It doesn't just have to be in a military context. Um, you know, if you have a big, uh, project at work, your, your forces can still be structured strategically. Um, you know, based on who is good at maybe, uh, at a particular thing dip or build a team with different skill sets, maybe, you know, someone who's good with accounting, someone who's good with marketing, someone who's good with sales, someone who's good with whatever. Um, but structure your forces strategically based on what is advantageous or who might who on your team in a non-military context uh, who's going to give you the, the biggest advantage. All right. Uh, next quote. Therefore, I have heard of military operations that were clumsy but swift, but I have never seen one that was skillful and lasted a long time. It is never beneficial to a nation to have a military operation continue for a long time. Which I think is, uh, that's a very interesting 
take. I think if you look at a lot of uh, uh, military operations over the course of uh, history, especially recently, um, which we're not going to get into because that's not what this is about, but I think that that certainly applies. Um, and it can apply to non-military situations too. You know, a lot of times you see people stay in, uh, stay in things too long and, uh, to their, to their detriment. Okay. Next one. So it is said that if you know others and know yourself, you will not be imperiled in a hundred battles. If you do not know others but know yourself, you will win one and lose one. If you do not know others and do not know yourself, you will be imperiled in every single battle. That uh, I like that quote a lot. That's one of my favorites from the uh, from the book. Um, you know, it's important to know. Obviously, you have to know yourself know what you're capable of, know what your strengths, your weaknesses are. Um, but it's important to know all that, <clears throat> excuse me, in, uh, in other people as well. You know, you have to know your team. You have to know what they're good at, what each individual member is, their strengths and weaknesses and everything else so that you can put them in an, in an advantageous position and your team in an advantageous position. And you need to know your enemy so that you can out uh, outmaneuver them and defeat them in battle you know in a non-military sense you need to know your competition so that you can either attack their weak points with your strengths or you know provide something that they don't um very very important know your know yourself one and know others you do that, you will not be imperiled in a hundred battles, according to Sun Tzu. So know, know yourself and know others. Okay, next one. This is another good one. Therefore, a victorious army first wins and then seeks battle. A defeated army first battles and then seeks battle victory. So what does that mean? If you win first and then seek battle <clears throat> versus seeking a battle and then victory, if you win first and then seek battle, that means that you have prepared sufficiently for your endeavor for your for your battle for what you're trying to do you know if you think about a uh we'll use we'll use football as an example <clears throat> so the best the best teams the best coaches best players don't just show up on game day and then figure out their game plan as the game goes along no, they spend 
countless hours watching film, developing a game plan, practicing that game plan, implementing that game plan and practice. So when, so that they're, by doing that, they're winning even before the game starts. So then when the game or the battle or whatever starts, then you just have to execute. So that little, that quote, I think just stresses the importance of preparation. You know, I can't remember. I think this is a quote attributed to, I think it was John Wooden who said this, um, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. That's kind of similar with this, uh, to what this is saying, just in a different way. Um, but if you want to be successful in whatever it is that you're doing, you have to, you have to prepare. You have to prepare for the best, prepare for the worst, come up with contingency plans just in case things go wrong. Um, and then, uh, you know, win by preparing even before even before the battle starts and then seek a battle once you know that you're ready to win. Okay. In battle, this is again from Sun Tzu, not for me. Uh, in battle, confrontation is done directly. Victory is gained by surprise. So that's... And then the... Right underneath it says from one of his, uh, I think, underlings. Direct confrontation is facing opponents head-on. Surprise forces attack unexpectedly from the sides. So victory will be gained by surprise elements. Therefore, those skilled at the unorthodox are infinite as heaven and earth, inexhaustible as the great rivers. When they come to an end, they begin again like the days and months. They die and are reborn like the four seasons. And then he goes on to say, there are only five notes in the musical scale, but their variations are so many that they cannot all be heard. There are only five basic colors, but their variations are so many that they cannot all be seen. There are only five basic flavors, but their variations are so many that they cannot all be tasted. There are only two kinds of charge in battle, the unorthodox surprise attack and the orthodox direct attack. But variations of the unorthodox and the orthodox are endless. The unorthodox and the orthodox give rise to each other like a beginningless circle. Who could exhaust them? So be, be adaptable, you know, just because there are many, there are many variations on very simple, simple things. Uh, and you know you can combine combine different colors to make an entirely new color. Um, 
so this this whole kind of section is uh, obviously talking about the element of surprise, which is certainly essential in battle, but you know, very good in sports, business, whatever kind of endeavor. Um, being unorthodox and being uh, having, you know, being able to adapt and be reborn and doing something else are, you know, essential. Um, you know, think of a company like Apple started out as making computers and then on to, to revolutionize music playing devices and then phones and then a whole host of other stuff. And there's many other ex examples of that, but that's an example, you know, in the corporate world, contemporary times of, of what, uh, of what Sun Tzu is talking about there. Okay. Next passage. Those who are first on the battlefield and await the opponents are at ease. Those who are last on the battlefield and head into battle get worn out. So that's again another another uh, passage talking about, I'd say just again, being prepared, um, being prepared, showing up early, get to the battlefield first so you can await your opponent and see what they do rather than you having to react to what they do. So be prepared, get there early. Okay. All right. Next passage. Those whose words are humble while they increase war preparations are going to advance. Those whose words are strong and who advance aggressively are going to retreat. So, you know, we've, we've talked about uh, being, you know, humility and the importance of it before. Um, where it implies here or applies, you know, what he's saying in this book is you know, be being humble in your war preparations or being humble in your preparations. Meaning that you'll, you know, you don't think that you're so great that you're invincible. You'll be able to see all, all angles, see all, uh, you know, different variations, all the, you can come up with all the unorthodox methods um, because you're, you have the humility as a leader, as a team to adapt to certain situations and adapt your strategy. If it needs to be adapting, you're not so locked in to something that you are, you know, your strategy is so strong, quote unquote, that you're not willing to break from it. 
and you advance aggressively because you have this supposed, uh, you know, undefeatable strategy. Well, if you're unwilling to adapt, then later on, you're going to have to retreat. Okay, so this is the last passage that I've selected. Again, I encourage, you know, I think we're on about uh, 20 minute mark here or so. So not going to be a particularly long episode, kind of, you know, in the same range we uh, try to keep in every time. But um, the passages, the quotes from Sun Tzu here, they're pretty short. Um, and then there's the, uh, you know, the commentary from his, uh, his generals or lieutenants or whatever they are, but, uh, definitely go out and get the book. You know, I'm not reading the book word for word on purpose because I want you to go out and read it and you may take something out of it differently than what I did. Um, and find some quotes that maybe I did not, or passages that I did not pick that are applicable to you. So go out and read the book. It's very important. That's why I don't cover, that's why I don't read it word for word. But pick out my, uh, my favorite passages here. Okay. So here is the last passage that I'm going to read today. A government should not mobilize an army out of anger. Military leaders should not provoke war out of wrath. When it is beneficial, or excuse me, act when it is beneficial, desist if it is not. Anger can revert to joy. Wrath can revert to delight. But a nation destroyed cannot be restored to existence, and the dead cannot be restored to life. Therefore, an enlightened government is careful about this. A good military leadership is alert to this. This is the way to secure a nation and keep the armed forces whole. So basically, what does this mean? Don't be irrational. Don't act, you know, in, in elements of, he's obviously talking about military strategy. So those are uh, things with big implications. Um, you know, war is obviously a lot of times a matter of, or pretty much all the time is a matter of life and death. Um, but even if it's not something that grave or something where the, it's not life and death still don't act, do not use arms or attack because of your own emotions. And that I think is just a good, you know, Take a step back, take a deep breath, assess the situation. Don't fly off the handle. Don't do something rash or drastic just because you're in a, you know, a high emotional state. Um, you know, if your actions are not going to be beneficial to what you're trying to do, then don't do them. You know, take a deep breath, think, think about what the consequences of your actions might be, 
instead of having to deal with them after the fact. Um, and if those consequences aren't worth it, then don't act. Wait for a different time when maybe you're of better mind to judge the situation. So that is, those are my favorite passages from The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Um, really good book. It's, you know, I, I love, I love reading these old, old books um, because it's a, it's really incredible how much wisdom uh, these guys had back then. And, you know, with Sun Tzu, uh, Miyamoto Musashi, who we read last week, Marcus Aurelius, who we've read before, all the other, you know, ancient Greek, Roman, and philosophers from everywhere else. Um, it's pretty incredible how, what, uh, that they were having these thoughts and putting these thoughts to paper, uh, you know, in some cases, thousands of years ago, and they still apply today. So pretty cool stuff, I think, anyway. All right. That's all I got. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. If you like what you hear, um, share it with someone who you haven't shared it with before, you know, grow the community, share it with someone who you think might benefit from what we're talking about. Uh, that I would love that. That would mean the world. If you don't like it, then don't share it. Don't listen to it, but I hope you do like it. Um, and pass it on, grow the tribe. All right. As always, thank you to everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. You guys taking the time out of your day um, to listen to me. Those of you who do, it uh, still mind boggles me sometimes that uh, there are people, it's not like I'm famous or anything, uh, want to listen to me talk for a half an hour. It's pretty cool. So, but anyway, take what you learn, put it into practice, live your best life. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks.